Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. PBT Extra this week, we have a lot to talk about. But before we get there, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. Got together with family and and did what one traditionally does on American Thanksgivings. We watched a lot of soccer. <laughs> watched a lot of football. Uh, no, we did uh, did watch some football that day and some parade. And uh, okay, are you okay with how the dog show went? Like no. you, you did, you didn't get no. Claire. I know, yeah. So Claire wasn't competing. She retired after going back to back, which you know, go out on top. I get it, but um, <laughs> that was devastating me first and foremost. This guy's deer hound didn't even make. I mean, like the the, the, the it wasn't be, uh, best in their category. So, which for me was um, very not hurtful, but it definitely was disappointing. And then the fact that you know the Frenchie won, I I I disagreed. You know, personally, but you know, I'm not the one judging. I still had a lovely time watching it. I actually learned about a new dog I had never heard of before called the Chinese Crested Dog. And it is it looks like, you know, a rock star. It looks like a British rock star, uh, like a very tiny, thin dog. That's like, OK, I'm like, like a very like a very thin dog. It's like, OK, well, are, are, you, are you eating enough? You know, like, are you getting three meals a day? It's, it looks like it subsists off of, you know cigarettes and maybe some illicit drugs and it has very long hair that's like blonde and you can just imagine it speaking with like you know um kind of like um yeah like just like a really old british rocker voice so does, i really, so I really does, this dog, does this dog have to get the keith richard blood transfusion every once in a while just to keep going or what? yeah I, I think i think this dog like i said i don't know I don't know, like it's life expectancy. I don't know it's health, you know, all that stuff. But I, I would imagine it's a hard living dog, like a very <laughs> hard, you know, on on the road a lot, write some great songs, you know. But yeah, I I like the dog. I pitched it to one of my friends. I was like, should I get this little British rocker dog? Immediately, <laughs> my friend was like, absolutely not. Get a schnauzer. So, <laughs> so, but I had a wonderful Thanksgiving watching the dog show and the parade was, you know, phenomenal. Yeah, as, as always. As always. So let's talk basketball, shall we? Carl Anthony Towns out four to six weeks with a calf strain. This is interesting. Right now, the Timberwolves are sitting at ten and eleven, just under five hundred. You know, as as the time of this recording. How does this affect their season at the current moment for the next four to six weeks? I, I don't think it's good. Like they haven't been able to find themselves with him right like it's not been smooth and i'm not sure i'm just not sure this makes it better Corey. i mean that's i think my concern like i guess you're going to get more d'angelo russell stepping up they might go to you might have something more traditional than the two big format that's kind of been odd for them right now you can have just one guy setting 
one big setting a pick, rolling to the rim, and you've got Anthony Edwards, you've got D'Angelo Russell. But I'll say this. I looked it up. The minutes this season so far with Gobert and Edwards on the floor and not Towns, they have like a negative 11.8 net rating. It's it's not been good. Yeah, it's um, one of those things. One, first of all, it's never a good thing that your franchise players out. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Nothing that's like ever like that's just kind of like one on one, right? Basketball, that's a problem. Number two, I think if we zoom out, not you know, I know you're a stats guy. I'm kind of like the 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 feel guy, and I do think the feel of this is concerning to me. New ownership, like a new you know new era, Minnesota coming off of that playoff appearance. Like there's a, there's a lot of energy you know coming around that team. This is a dampener. You know, this is a huge dampener. Like you said, to think that they're below 500 right now, haven't hit on all cylinders, and this setback, uh, part of this new era, I think that if I'm a fan, that should be concerning and alarming to me, generally speaking. Yeah, and you could dig yourself a little bit of a hole, right? Like you're you're not too far out yet because nobody's run away with the West the way like the Celtics have in the East. But you're below 500 you're going to be without Towns, who's still, I mean, again, he's been down a little bit and he's only shooting, he's under 33%. I think it's 32.8% from three. He's still putting up 21-4 a game. He is still yeah, a yeah. guy you really have to, you, yeah, yeah. you still have to watch for him offensively. And now I don't have to watch for him defense offensively. I can focus more on getting an Edwards way when he drives the lane or whatever, whatever my, my defensive priorities become. Is the concern, Corey, that they start to dig themselves a little bit too deep a hole to get out of. I, I completely think that's the concern. And I also, they're in a different position, right? So let, let's just, as far as, you know, being like, they're not like a young core in the sense that we look at, let's say something like OKC, right? Or like, you know, so it's not, or like Memphis is a super young core, a Pelican super young core. Clearly, you know, Harlan Towns has been in the league. He's, you know, kind of like established himself. He feels confident there, you know, as far as like leading it. I would say he's in like the Donovan Mitchell kind of era, you know, as far as like leading a team. So they're not like a super young core, but they are a young core. The fact that, you know, they haven't gelled per se and he's, so they're not in a scenario that other teams are where, okay, you know, if Giannis doesn't play, that's great for our young guys to get experience, right? Or in Philadelphia, right, yeah. or, you know, Maxi can come in and take that next step. Like we saw mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, like those kind of scenarios are different. The Timberwolves are not in the Warriors or not in the 76ers scenario. This is a problem. Uh, they need, so that's the first thing for me. The second thing, as far as the, 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 the conference standings, well, actually, I would love to hear, hear you weigh in on that before we go into the conference standings. Do you agree? Do you disagree? How do you feel about that assessment? Actually, I think you're spot on. And I think that I think my bigger picture concern when you just zoom out is that this was always a bit of an unconventional rotation and roster. And we were all before the season, we were talking like Chris Finch could win coach of the year if he can figure out how to work this thing. Well, Will Hardy looks like he's going to could win coach of the year because he's taken a really unconventional jazz roster and kind of just played to their strengths and figured out how to do it. And that hasn't happened in Minnesota. So I think like just playing off what you said, it's, it's the concerns are big picture. Like, does this really work? And I'm not, again, missing, like you said, missing the missing towns just doesn't help that. And it's still early. We, we want to highlight that yeah. it's still early, but I mean, cause you can see some of these 500 teams. It's kind of like the NFL, right? Where, you know, you may start off like 500 or just below 500, but then the second half of the season, you go on an eight game win streak or a six game win yeah. streak and you're a playoff team. Right. 
So, like, you know, I, I want to make sure we kind of – the same thing can happen in basketball. It's still a little early. But right now they're sitting at 11th in the Western Conference, right? Who's ahead of them? The Warriors, the Mavs, the Jazz, right? The Trailblazers, even the Kings. Who's behind them? Thunder, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets. So they're kind of in that scenario where it could go either way, you know, like yeah, yeah. like you could, you could either join kind of the doldrums of the Western Conference because I don't know if they're in a position to compete even with the Jazz. But you're looking at the Mavs yeah. and the Warriors, you know, they're going to figure it out, you know. Yeah. So it looks like their peers right now are the Trailblazers and the Kings, uh, which could go either way, too. But I mean, that is squarely in the eight to ten, seven to ten in the Western Conference, you know, at the end of the day, Kurt. That's not the cream of the crop. And that's not even like, you know, I would say a step forward from last year by any stretch of the imagination. No, and I think with this move, you and I, even going into the season, questioned, like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work in the playoffs. I, you know, I've got – but they're going to win a lot of regular season games. They'll be fine. They'll get there. And then I've got questions. Are they going to get there? Like, like it is a legitimate question. Like you said, yeah. the Warriors are starting to put it together. The Mavericks, we can talk about more later, but uh, they still got Luka. Like, they're still going to win a lot of games. That's not going to be easy to catch these teams. And, you know, maybe the Lakers get on a run and, and catch up a little bit. But, like, the teams ahead of them. It's a little scary. Portland, Portland gets gets Lillard back this week like or next week. Yeah. So, like, it's and, it's and we think about easy. this, And you think about four to six weeks. Like, what does that actually mean, right? So, it's probably this recording November 30th. Um, don't want to get too technical, but just to kind of put this into like real world, right? Looking at one, two, three, four, five, four weeks would be December 28th. Six weeks would be wow. January 11th, right? So you're talking about just behind, you know, like a month out of the all-star break. I mean, through the Christmas day games, yes. But like let's next phase of the season, I kind of like, we talk about this all the time. How does the NBA calendar break down? First 20 games, you make your assessments, trying to understand your roster, you know, like, where are we? What are our pieces moving forward? And should we look at that trade deadline, right? Like, yeah. And then you look at the all-star break, a nice little kind of reassessment. Okay, that is like the, the point of the season that we talked about with the NFL, that kind of halfway through, yeah. can we go on a six-game win streak, kind of like the Boston Celtics did, and, you know, uh, become a playoff team, a real playoff contender, or go the other way like the Bulls did last year. Oh, we're really good after the all-star break. Turns out we're not as good as we thought first round exit, right? That is kind of the critical moment. And then playoffs, of course, that's where champions are crowned. So that's the way I kind of break down the calendar. And for Carl Anthony Towns to be out, you know, going through that right before he hit the, the all-star break at a team that's trying to figure out that chemistry, I mean, that's problematic. And it makes it tough if you're management there to assess what you should do because – now you're going to go a month, you know, you're going to go 12 games, 15 games, whatever this number ends up being, without getting to look at your core with this kind of, you know. And I think there's a few teams going through that. Miami's been going through that. The Clippers have been going through that, where it's really hard to assess what they really are. But it puts puts Minnesota, like you said, they're not young, and it puts them in a tough spot. But the difference with, you know, even the Clippers, are, you know what Kawhi can do. You know what he can do with San Antonio. You know what Kawhi can do in the, you know Toronto with one season. <laughs> you know you know what yeah. he can do with just like give him like a moment, and you know he can can win a championship any given year if he's healthy and playing. You know what Paul George can do. So that is another assessment uh, instance. And you have like Batum. You have like guys who are veterans on that team. So you also know that the ship looks pretty steady. You know Miami. Yeah. Same thing. You know the ship is steady. Minnesota, the ship is. You know you don't know. <laughs> 
like there's no sea legs. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, yeah, like, yeah, so, exactly. so that's, that's kind of, so I, I'm curious before we, we don't want to belabor the point. Um, but Rudy Gobert, such a massive haul in the offseason for this individual, for this man. And right now he's averaging, uh, let me pull it up, just under 14 points a game and just over 12 rebounds a game. Do you think, or I guess, how would you assess this move for Minnesota at this juncture in the season? Uh, it, it clearly hasn't worked. In one sense it did. Their defense has been better with him. They, they, I, I am not looking right now, but they, they had a top 10 defense for a while. That stand of the floor seemed to get better, but the offense got more confused and we haven't seen towns hasn't taken towns has come back to earth a little, but I think we all thought Anthony Edwards was going to take a leap. Right. And that hasn't happened. And how much of that, and then this is, this is a coaching decision, but how much of that is now that I got two bigs, I can pack the paint. I can make, I can take away the driving lanes. I can make life difficult for Anthony Edwards in a way he didn't see last year. So a lot to consider there in Minnesota. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. One thing I want to get your your take on is what Yana said recently on a player podcast. Nonetheless, you know, we got a lot of player <laughs> podcasts, tons of fodder for us in the media business. Yana said... Um, he would take these five players as starters for Team International if he had to choose himself, Luca, Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic, Evan Fournier. And against these five starters for Team USA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Bam Adebayo, he said that Team International would beat Team USA. What are your thoughts on that matchup? First off, I want to see that matchup. Like That would be so much fun. Team International is interesting because it's there's a lot of good passing with Luca, with Jokic. You've got guys who move the ball. It can score, don't get me wrong, but move the ball. It flies around. They're also big. I mean, six eight point guard Evan Fournier is your smallest, smallest. And let's be honest, if he's on the floor, the guy I'm attacking, like that's the only guy I can go right at. On the flip side, I kind of like Team USA. It's got more shooting. It's got more guys who can isolate and just create their own looks. Steph's still got his gravity. He's pulling you away. Clay Thompson has found his legs over the last, what, two weeks, three weeks. He's started to look like Clay Thompson again. LeBron in those kind of – LeBron is still putting up like 39-point games. Like when he raises his game up, when he's focused, um, when he's not going to be beaten down by the the Lakers over the course of the season, um, he's still fantastic. I I think that that would be fun. I think the U.S. is smaller. I think they're a little more versatile. I think they've got better shooting. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. I don't know how the, – the defensive matchups are really fascinating because I don't know how you match up with Embiid and Jokic and Giannis, but I also don't know how you match up on the flip side, like which one of them is chasing Curry off picks. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, like you said, I don't know which way I would go. Generally speaking um, – I find this to be interesting because this is how the all-star game should work in my mind, you know, yeah. like, cause this looks like the Olympics. Like that's the, that's the yeah. U.S. Olympic team <laughs> versus an yeah. Olympic international team. That's like, so for me, that's a much more compelling, like this question, this thought experiment is much more compelling than team Kevin Durant versus team, you know, LeBron James, you know, 
to me like that's a, a fascinating concept it's kind of like the the whole like sophomores versus freshmen concept or like the rising stars yeah. all stuff well, they, the, like, the rising stars they did this for a couple of years i think they've stopped now but they did international versus yeah team uh, world US. Yeah, yeah team yeah, world and, versus and, team and usa think, and the world won as i remember like pretty handily so this maybe you know maybe foreshadowing this but like if you bring in you know the the cream of the crop these mvps playing against each other I think that's a very so when I saw this, that's where my mind went immediately. I was like, "Did we just find the new All Star model?" <laughs> yeah, I would. You know what? I think for a one off year, it might be really or two. Like, it might be really fun to do that. It's they're desperately trying to inject anything, some life into the All Star weekend, right? Like, it's a huge international showcase, but the basketball itself is yeah, not, it's not, not great. Competitive. Well, we'll see, we'll go with not, not compelling. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, but this is what I'm saying. I, I feel like if like what is what is the point, right? And right. if the if the goal is to you know be like an international showcase, like you're saying, and build the brand of the NBA, understanding where the game is going, that your best players are becoming international. I mean, have been for the past couple of years. Their best players are international players, right? So if that's the case. And especially now with Wimbanyana, like the idea, yeah. I call him like the pterodactyl, right? Like, so the fact that this, this French pterodactyl is coming and you want to stoke kind of like uh, the flames for the future of the NBA, which once again is international and will be international. To me, this is a great way to, to do that in a way that plays off of the, the fervor that we see in the World Cup and the, and the fervor that we see in the Olympics. Yeah. Bringing that to the NBA, I, I recently, Kurt, I was very curious. What, I watched, um, I rewatched, uh, I watched Manu Ginobili's Hall of Fame speech. You know, when it's like 11 p.m. here in New York and you know, I'm about to go to sleep, I watch Hall of Fame speeches. That's just what I do. Or I, <laughs> it's just like a fun thing I do. So I was rewatching his. At the end, he speaks only in Spanish to his family. Oh. And and there's a moment where he talks about the Spurs dynasty and there's a moment where he talks about, you know, Team Argentina. You look at how many views, you know, on the NBA YouTube page, it's like 200,000 ish. How many views on like um, I think it was NBA uh, Latin America it's like yeah. 350,000. Right. So like it's almost like that concept of, OK, wow, there is an audience. And there is, yeah. you know, a desire for the game in different languages and, you know, different regions of the world. I thought that was like a pretty interesting model where the NBA could go with this. Game. Yeah. And, but, and you, you've probably seen this, like it's something that struck me back in the day. Like when I, when San Antonio was getting its last title and, and we're in the finals for a few years against the heat, when you go through San Antonio, there were with all due respect to Duncan and Parker and your father and everyone else, there were more Ginobili jerseys because I mean, that's it. Because that is a, Spanish-speaking culture, half that city, and he could speak directly, right? Like, it, there wasn't a translator. There wasn't this filter. He was so – I know he was popular with everyone because who's been more fun? Who's more competitive? Like, what's not to love about men in Ginobili? But I think the language barrier is a legitimate thing. Like, that, if you're going to really bring in the international stars, that it helps to have those conversations in a different – in that lang- in their in the native language. Of, and of I think with like Kobe, yeah, and one thing that made Kobe such a big crossover star is Kobe could, you know, he could do media in Italian and Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like, so you're not only talking about a player who won all the championships is like, you know, like he yeah. had, he was like a verb. And, you know, I remember when I grew up, growing up, I would like, you know, that I would have a crumpled piece of paper in middle school and then 
do a fadeaway jumper and shake Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, but the, one, of the, one of the reasons why he had the international appeal, in, in addition to you know being great, was that he could connect with people. Um, and and like so, I think that this new era of the NBA, you already saw like a taste of that with the Kobe experiment. You know, like that was wildly successful. And now with the league going so international and looking to really grow the game with NBA Africa. And so I, I think this is, uh, to me, what Giannis and Serge Ibaka talked about, kind of throwing out, I think the league should really look into. I think it would be very compelling. And I think it's the future. I think it would be fun for a year, I think, or two. And it might get old, but you've got to do something, like we said. All-Star yeah. Weekend is um, – you got to do something, don't you? I, I wonder if you could actually just pair it up with, like, you know, world championships or, like, you know, or like you know maybe yeah. maybe not world championship, but maybe, like, with the Olympics. You know, it only happens every four years, right? So maybe that's something where every four years you have, like, a, like the Olympic All-Star, you know, version. Fun. Yeah. That, all right. I'm going to send I'm, – I'm sending the link over to uh, – I'm, I'm sending the link to this over to NBA's headquarters. I know enough people there, so – Actually, it's time for us to get to the, my favorite part of this now. It's time to talk about Corey's jukebox and, and your songs for the week because I, I know where you've been. I know what you've been up to. So I'm, now I'm, I'm excited about this. Yeah, let's start with the individual player. I just came back from New Orleans, uh, Nolens, and um, I was there for like 28 hours. I was there for you know the Bayou Classic, so it was very quick. Uh, it was in the Superdome. And the first thing I did once I landed, I went straight to Ernst Cafe, and I got – um, gumbo and it was delicious yeah. and then I went back to my hotel room and listened to Louis Armstrong so when I was in New Orleans I I also didn't realize you know um, that to me Louis Armstrong one of his songs Cabaret perfectly encapsulates Zion Williamson at the current moment it kind of just hit me all at once you know I'm eating gumbo eating shrimp po' boys and I was like oh <laughs> Cabaret because if you listen to that song one it's a great song um it's on the What a Wonderful World album, which is a great album. And Louis Armstrong is a legend. Uh, but Cabaret is talking about, like, what's the use of sitting in your room? Come join the Cabaret. Like, come join the party, right? Like, there is this element with Zion being in, being out, being in, being out, where it's like when he's there, it's a party, right? But at the same time, it's like, man, I just wish I could see him there more often. And there was, like, that kind of longing for me where I was like, I feel like the past couple years, but especially kind of like this moment, it's just come join the cabaret Zion, you know, like it's kind of like that moment where the whole, the whole party's going, there's a parade in the streets and we just need him there more often. And I hope we get that. Don't we? Like, it's just, the game is just more fun when he's playing and when he's healthy. And uh, he, he this week hit a hundred games played by the way, total in his NBA career, which over four years tells you how much he's been out, but it's drafted number one overall in 2019. So, you know, for anyone listening, just to kind of remind everyone, so that a hundred games, since 2019 but yeah so that, that's kind of where i went with that one um and then with the team i am a big fan of reggae so i went you know so i, I like roots reggae kurt all right, do you all right do you, yeah so like i'm talking I, I, like the congos like you know heart of the congo is one of the best albums of all time like if you're talking about like it's probably the roots reggae album right. a band that um also made one of the greatest reggae albums of all time roots reggae is Israel Vibration. The album was called The Same Song. Highly recommend it. It is like, it's genius masterwork level. They have uh, a song called Friday Evening on a different album. And to me, Friday Evening perfectly encapsulates the Chicago Bulls. If you listen to the song, one, it's 
I, I also think uh, just the vibe of the song is kind of like the lyrics are kind of like um, there's this tension. And I think in Chicago, there is this tension of like looking around and seeing everyone else is getting fed. And like, I'm happy you guys are like doing well, but I'm kind of hungry, you know, and like there's like this kind of interior uh a little bit of friction between, you know, in the song between like the guy and his landlord, you know, and I feel like that's kind of what we see with Zach Levine and Billy Donovan, who just got, you know, extended. So, so there's this element of like, what exactly is going on in Chicago? And they started so well last year and then plummeted. And this is all in the, the context of, well, your franchise player may or may not be happy with, you know, his position there and looking, reevaluating his future you know, he was just an Olympian, an all-star. Like, we know how people feel about their values. And if they don't feel respected in today's NBA, they're happy to walk. So it's kind of like, to me, there's a lot of things happening in the shadows in Chicago where there is that friction and tension that I think is emblematic of, like, roots reggae. They miss Lonzo Ball, don't they? They miss And the injuries, you know, and the injuries. Yeah. It's like, man, like, we can't even – we can't get it all together at one time. So – they, they miss they miss his defense, but I think what they miss almost more than that, they're, they miss the transition offense, the easy buckets, getting Levine running, getting yeah. Caruso running to the corner. Those kind of easy buckets, you, you just have to have those in today's NBA. You have to run and get a few of those because the people don't think there's a lot of defense in the NBA, and there's probably maybe not as much as you see in the playoffs. But if guys get back and get set, it's just not that easy to score. And you've got to get some easy buckets somewhere, right? And and they they just seem to miss that in Chicago. Everything in Chicago seems okay, doesn't it? Like, hey, it's not a bad coach. They should extend him. It's not a bad player. We should extend him. Not a bad – but they're not – Yeah. Yeah. They're missing that, that crown jewel that we obviously we saw in Chicago for so long. Um but, like, the, it is a fascinating scenario because you look at even the record, right? They extended Billy Donovan, and what's his overall record? 86 and 88. Where are they right now? Um, they pulled up. Chicago is um, – sorry, one sec. They're 500, I believe. Or just yeah, they're just way. under 500. They're 9 and 11, you know? So, like, everything's kind of five. And But always – but once again, where were they? They were in a bad spot yeah. previously. And, you know, there was this were in the middle of like the first couple of years of the overhaul that Konnichovas is doing. So I understand that. Uh, but it is you're right. It's just kind of OK. And when we see in these kind of OK moments is that it's like the tectonic plates are shifting and there's going to be an eruption. Right. So it's like, OK, yeah. either a Zach Levine needs to, be, to transcend. Right. And become a superstar or B something has to change. And we saw like that that roster before that was built around Otto Porter Jr. That changed. Now we're starting to see like, okay, well, what is the tectonic shift that's going to happen? And if it, you know, so they're in that decision making assessment process. And like you said, like they look best last year. They looked incredible in transition, incredible, right? That's when they, that's when they were purest. And that's why I brought back the roots reggae because roots reggae is all about purity. It's like it's like pure roots reggae is about you know social justice, but it's also about kind of like just the driving rhythms, the drums, the bass line, like the scratchy guitar, like th there is this purity to roots, a like real roots reggae that I think Chicago is missing. They're trying to get back to it, but they just can't get the pieces. That's a, that's a really great analogy. Yeah. 
I love roots reggae. So now uh, moving on to uh, yeah, roots reggae for me, samba, just for everyone listening, roots reggae, samba, and choral music. But now, Kurt, it's time for Kurt. <laughs> what happened? To, yeah, but by the way, you had cabaret in there. I just got to say, if you get, if it gets redone somewhere, it's still a powerful musical. If you ever get to see that, <laughs> oh my goodness, the movie. Don't see the movie. Go see a, re- a reproduction of it. You didn't like the movie. All Liza. You didn't like the movie. The movie's all right. The movie's wow. okay, but I, 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 I've seen the stage version twice and much oh. prefer. Okay, yeah. Okay, wow. I love, I love the movie. I mean, uh, but I've never seen the stage version. I'm going to go see it now uh, because of your recommendation. So, Kurt's Corner. Uh, let's let's bring you in, everyone, into Kurt's Corner. What are we talking about today, Kurt? Dallas Mavericks, who have, I, I've got cons- I've got a concern, Corey, but they they tried to address it a little bit this week with making maybe some of the more interesting news out there. They've signed Kemba Walker, and you know. If Kemba Walker's knees can hold up, he actually played. He didn't play badly for the Knicks when he played. He played pretty well. He just only played 37 games, and they brought him in. And, and this, this might sound crazy, Corey. They hyped him up in New York a little beyond what he could be. I don't know if that's ever happened before. but Never. Not in my memory, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but he's not – we'll see what he's got left. He thinks he's got stuff in the tank if – they need secondary shot creation desperately. The Jalen Brunson, not having Jalen Brunson, has really dragged their 10 and 10 this year. And I think you saw what they has to happen on Tuesday night when they beat the Warriors. They beat Golden State. What did it take? Mm-hmm. 41 points, 12 and 12 from Luka Doncic, who continues to just be otherworldly, right? He is, he is playing at this insane level. But if he's not, then they don't have another option. There isn't a secondary option. And my concern is, Corey, the load that he is carrying, the the weight he has to carry to keep this team there. His usage rate right now would go down, um, and it's and it's a flawed stat, but his usage percentage would be top ten all time um, if if the season ended now. And it's it's up in the numbers. Let's give it some range. Eighty seven. Michael Jordan, um, or 2006 Kobe Bryant, which for people who don't remember, 2006 yeah. Kobe was, I should shoot over this triple team rather than pass to Smush Parker or Kwame Brown. I'm just going to launch stuff. I'm just going to do everything. That's where his usage rate is because they don't have – Spencer Dimwitty helps a little, but then, you know, he got ejected um, on Tuesday night. But they just don't have that at secondary shot creation. They are hoping Kemba can solve some of that problem. Corey, I'm just, I'm worried about Luca. I'm worried about like I don't like to say, hey man, you got to get this guy. I think sometimes we do a little too much of the, mm-hmm. we got to get this guy some rest. I'd like to see stars play a little more sometimes. Somebody's got to get Luca some rest, dude. Like yeah, the the help aspect that Luca needs, I think he needs reliability. And the reality yeah. is, Kimba is not reliable. He when he does play, he like you said, he adds that spark. The difference between, let's say, a Kimber Walker and a Drew Holiday is that Drew Holiday plays for the vast majority of the season, right? And and that's and like this is the the thing that we need to understand about the NBA is that it's a job, and the number one aspect of any job is one you need to be trustworthy, and part of being trustworthy is being reliable and available, which is why yeah. you keep hearing everyone talk about Kevin Durant, LeBron James, 
my, you know, availability, availability, availability. There's a reason why availability is so important. It's because imagine if you had a great employee who only showed up half the time. It's like, well, you're basically yeah. freelance at that point. And like, you know, I'm not going to pay you. Like, why? I would rather have someone who's here than someone who is good at what they do, but only shows up half the time. Uh, so that is like the only way I could frame this is like employment, normal office culture. You got to be there. You got to show up. So I think that's the issue with giving him help is that does Kimba do that reliably? Historically, the answer is no. And that is like a fact that is, I mean, it's just a fact. So that's my issue with the Mavs move is that it kind of, it spells desperation to me yes. because Jalen Brunson was there. That's why he got paid and moved on, right? Like he was there right. for Luka. I don't think Kimba could be there for, for Luka. So I don't like this. Yeah, I don't think it's a long-term answer. And the problem is I'm not sure what the long-term answer is, but it's, look, he's young. So there's, it's not like the Lakers with LeBron dealing with the same, well, I don't want to waste a year question because LeBron's mm-hmm. 38 and you, you know, how many more years do you get? There's more years of Luca, but how long can you do this? At some point you have got to find a way to put guys around him who can help him truly chase a title. And they aren't, I mean, yeah. we can't, what, they've got to get secondary shot creation stuff in before we can just start discuss whether Dwight Powell fits in that mode, right? Like there's other questions, but, you've got to answer the first questions before you can get to the second and third questions um, yes. down the line. So I, I agree. I'm, I'm concerned. I am concerned about Luca. That's my. Yeah. But with the, let's say, let's say Brooklyn, for instance, one, one thing that's fascinating about Brooklyn was that they built the background to then attract stars. Yeah. Then we saw that that was not a successful model for Brooklyn. The thing about Dallas is they had the luxury of having, you know, a generational talent. Yeah. And try, and now they're trying to figure out, okay, maybe we should build a background cast. They try to do that. The background cast gets signed for more money elsewhere. So now they're trying to figure out, okay, well, maybe you go with a model that allows, like you said, can you find a number two, a number three? They tried to get Chris Stapps Porzingis there as a number two. That didn't work. You know, so I, I think you're totally on it, right, where Luca needs help. But the two mentions you brought before of Kobe post Shaq, who did he find, right? He went from that high usage rate to winning a championship with Pau Gasol. Yeah. Right. And Michael Jordan pre, I mean, that was the bad boys era. They got beat up a ton of times. Right. But then guess what happened? It all came together. Scottie Pippen, yeah. Dennis Rodman. Right. So, so my, my thing is Luca's on that trajectory, which is like, I mean, rarefied air with Kobe Bryant yeah, yeah. and Michael Jordan. Right. So that's, he's on that trajectory. The only issue is uh, in both those scenarios, Kobe was like the Laker, right? And yeah. or you know, one of the all-time great Lakers. And Michael Jordan was like one of the all-time great Chicago players, you know, the you know, like the Chicago player. Is Luca gonna be like Dirk Nowitzki? Is he gonna be like the all-time, you know, the Dallas Maverick? Or is he gonna go the way a lot of his peers go? And after six or seven years before Dallas can give him a Scotty Pippen or give him a Pau Gasol, he ends up, you know, jumping ship. That is the biggest question. I, I completely agree. He said this week he came out that said Maverick fans don't need to worry about this. I just signed a five-year contract. I don't think he's thinking that right now, but in a couple of years he is. And they've tried – I mean, they tried Christian Wood this year, and now he's coming off the bench, and, and Jason Kidd clearly doesn't trust his defense. They're going to have to find something that works. They've, it doesn't have to be right now, but you're, you're spot on. Like, that. that's – Heart of the NBA today, right, Corey? That clock is always ticking if you have a superstar. 
And, and the, the good news is that it looks like Luke is kind of insulated. You know, it's not like he is like you don't you don't hear about Luca like because you know in the NBA sometimes you'll hear like these kind of cliques where everyone hangs out together and they're all in LA together or whatever. It's like Luca's never like a part of that, you know. Like neither is Jokic. So I feel like those two guys like if you're building okay, we have time and like Giannis is not a part of that either, right? So it's like there are some guys who kind of like okay, they they seem insulated and they seem like they're original free thinkers in that sense, and they'll probably you know buck the trend. So I think if you're a Mavericks fan, you're excited that Luca fits that bill. And isn't in LA partying with all those other guys uh, and thinking yeah. how can we work, you know play together or like you know all that stuff. Uh, the 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 thing that I think Dallas needs to do to buy time and once again they tried this several times. If they can get him a number two, that will buy you maybe two or three years, right? Like that's what Boston Celtics like. They have that luxury. They got Jalen Brown, so Jason Tatum is good because then they're just looking for that final third piece. They're looking for their Dennis Rodman, right? Like and same thing with uh, with M- Milwaukee. Uh, Giannis had Chris Middleton, and then they were just looking for that third piece. It bought them time to find Drew Holiday. Then they won a championship, right? As long as they can get him a number two, I think you're looking at a second contract, you know, like a, another extension where you're like, we're, we're, we got him here for another few years before he hits that 32 year old. What am I doing with my life? I need to chase a ring question. Yeah, I agree. So finally, fun segment. This is uh, always what we, what we end with. A Laker fan hit a, a half court shot and won. A lot of money, like seventy five thousand dollars. Seventy five thousand, yeah. That's a lot. I, when, yes. when, when you think about any athletic contest that that they have, you know, during those halftime breaks or whatever, where do you think you would excel? I I'm not good at any of them. Uh, by the way, my favorite was you know I I I think you know some of the people who listen to this regularly know I I live close to Long Beach State, like golf shop close to Long Beach State, so I go to go to Long Beach State games just to have a beer and watch a game and not have enjoy basketball and not have to think about writing about it or what this means or, you know, wow, they got to get Luca help or any of that. Just watch a game and have some fun. The half court there was they gave a guy a half court shot, a student. If you hit it, you got one year free of Chick-fil-A. Whoa. <laughs> Which for a college Whoa. student, can you imagine? I could not imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was, there was genuine pressure on it. I like. I think one guy hit it entire, like, um, I don't know. I we were talking about this before with producer Dan and everybody. Like, I think I'd leaned. I've seen some ones where you got to do a soccer penalty kick against uh, a a goalie. I don't think that's easy, by the way, against a good yeah. goalie, because it, it looks easy when these pros kind of saunter up and can t- contort their body to look like they're shooting one way and and put it in the other corner. I, I do not have that skill, but I still think that there's room there where if I hit it hard and hit it right, I could at least get it in. And I, I played enough soccer that I think I could get that. Maybe after that, I mean, what would you lean into? Maybe a half-court shot? Yeah, I think my best shot is a half-court shot. I'm actually decent at them. Like, you know, like I, okay. you know, I, I grew up playing basketball and, like, in the gym. So, like, I, I, I think out of all the reps, you know, like, I haven't done a lot of penalty kicks. I haven't done, like, a lot of hole-in-ones. I haven't done, you know, like, a lot of time on the hockey – like trick shots, but like I've shot a lot of half court shots in my day. So I feel like I built enough, you know, equity there that I could get lucky once, you know, after years of practice waiting for this question. But I think for me, like, I wish we could go like a different route maybe, you know, and like maybe do like, like mini golf. I feel like that's where I would really thrive. But like, but like I'm a hole in one in mini golf. Like I'm your guy. I've done that. I think. You know, in college, I used to go to mini golfing all the time. So, like, I feel like that's where I kind of excel. 
but no one does that. No one's going to give me $75,000 to, to, you know, get a hole in one on a mini golf course. No, and, and on a regular golf course, it's, I mean, I don't know how much you've golfed. I've golfed some. Not great. It's luck. I mean, even if you're, even if you're on the PGA tour, right? Like it's still, there's still some luck getting it to actually go in. And the one that's the hardest is the either half three quarters at a hockey rink where you've got to put it into, not only in the net, but in that little slot at the bottom that's a foot wide or something. That's hard. Like, and I, I, and I played some ice hockey. That's like that kind of, from not skating, standing in your tennis shoes on a rug. Yeah, like, on a rug. Try to get that. It's like, it's going to be so hard. I've done that before. I, I forgot where. I think I was in college at Notre Dame, and, and I got to do that. It is unbelievably hard. I think I missed the goal. <laughs> not, not just, like, the whole. I missed the entire net. Like, I missed <laughs> all of it. You know, like because you don't understand, like, that's a long way. That's oh, a, long, a way. long way. So so it ends up like you think, oh, I got got the right angle and it just keeps going and keeps going and then it hits the wall, you know. And so that was embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I think if you do the food thing, it's funny. I, we, a couple months ago, I was in Columbus, Ohio for the Notre Dame Ohio State game, and I met these students who were doing like a volleyball tournament. And apparently, it's like the way they start off every year, like you know, twenty plus teams descend upon like the the courts right outside Ohio Stadium, and they have like a volleyball tournament under the lights. I guess it's like a student tradition, I suppose. And I was talking to the people who were the, the um, ones running it. And I was like, well, what's on what's on the stake here? Like, what are we playing for? And they're like, we're playing for a, a B-Dubs gift card, Buffalo Wild Wings. And I was like, whoa, if, if Buffalo Wild Wings, like in college, like you said, a free year Chick-fil-A, if we're talking about like a substantial gift card to Buffalo Wild Wings when you're a college student, we might have to bring out some. And that's a lot. That's a high playing stakes. Yeah. So suddenly – Guys are trying to sneak in who are on the Ohio State volleyball team. The women's team, I think, was a powerhouse, wasn't it? Like, I think they're Ohio State women's team. Suddenly, they're like, you know, I'll jump in this little grass tournament for fun. <laughs> I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings. So, for the latest NBA news articles and more, why don't you head over to NBCSports.com slash NBA. You won't be disappointed. Kurt always hooks it up. And uh, I'm looking forward, like every week, to our conversation next week, Kurt. See you then. I look forward to it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.